I'm Julianne. And I'm Nika. This is Only Slightly Dead Inside, a podcast that puts the fun in functional depression. We are not doctors, trained therapists, or medically licensed in any way. Still not. Did not use my break to get medically licensed in any way. No, I feel like you would need more than like a few weeks to become medically licensed in any way. You'd be surprised. I mean, I don't know. I guess it's like what constitutes medicine. Yes. Yes. And that's a deeper question. (laughs) That's a different conversation. That's a different conversation altogether. It's been almost exactly a month since we recorded last. Oh, wow. You like went places and did things. Well, I started out by doing nothing as much as possible. So right after we did our last recording, I had one last project for work. And I was able to just do nothing pretty much between Christmas and New Year's. And I needed it so badly. That's so nice. I felt guilty about it in some regards, but I just, I, when I felt better, I realized how much I needed it. Cause I also just hadn't let myself recover from being actual sick. So it just, you know, I needed it. And then I went back to work for like three days and then I went to Spain cause I'm a jerk. I mean, that sounds like. <laughs> Uh, so nice it was perfect i didn't have any obligations either for like the actual holidays which was nice i was just with friends mostly that is nice my family was here for like three weeks which is lovely um mostly because they require little to no babysitting uh so i can just say like i have things to do today i cannot see you when they're totally fine with that and then i started rehearsal like shortly after that so that's kind of where i've been is like in rehearsal, which is my favorite place to be. It's really nice to to be back in a rehearsal room doing a thing that I'm like, yeah, no, I really like doing this. Cool, cool, cool. That's very exciting. I'm very excited for you. And I can't wait to see the show. Thanks. I too am excited. We should plug the show. This is our podcast. We we, do whatever we want. Should we plug the show? Yeah. So the show is The Unsinkable Molly Brown, which is being done by the Transport Group through the end of March. Does it preview and open or is it just open no we start previews february 8th cool and we open the 24th or 26th or something like that we'll we'll swing back with those details we'll put it in the the liner notes and yes in the in the liner notes (laughs) we were both like oh i had some things i wanted to talk about so i guess we should jump into some of those things sure i don't know sure one of the things that i've been thinking about getting back into this new year is how to add back in things that I gave myself a break from. I gave myself permission to just do as little as possible, which felt really good. But then I always hit a point where I get kind of bored and I want to do all the things, but I know if I start to do all the things immediately, I'm going to overload myself and freak out. So how do I bring things back in in a way that will be continually manageable? I don't really have an answer for that at the moment. It's just something I'm trying to keep thinking about. One of the reasons I'm thinking about that is because I actually just started taking a class, which is like a musical theater performance sort of class, which is very similar to classes that I took in college and have not taken since college. I have not sung in front of people in well, other than karaoke. I know there's some people listening who are like, oh, I have heard you, but that doesn't count. That's different. It's different. So I haven't refused to sing a karaoke. That's crazy. It's not though. Okay. That's a different, that's a different conversation. <laughs> that is, I'm very, I'm curious about that. So yeah, I haven't done, you know, this kind of work in front of people in a really, really long time. I've been taking voice lessons for a while 
And I'm not sure what else I want to do with it, but it needs to start with being okay singing in front of people. Unless I'm just going to sing for myself, which maybe is okay. I'm not totally sure, but I feel like there's no way of kind of testing the waters on this unless I do something. So this class, it's very small and it's like really chill. The people are super nice. So it's like as, as easy as it could be, but still pretty high anxiety and there's a lot of extra work that I had to do that I'm not used to doing like get cuts ready of songs and have a variety of songs that you're able to sing at any given second and all that stuff this is where I will plug Sherry Sanders rock the audition oh yeah because like if you go on music notes and you look for if you search Sherry Sanders or you search rock the audition she has like thousands of cuts of whatever it is in like any style mostly it's pop rock but like she's starting to get more into like making good audition cuts for name it Mm. which is like all of that work has basically been done for you and you get to focus on like being good at doing the actual work that's amazing yeah all these all these kinds of things that just did not exist when we were in college because the internet was smaller there's no real stakes in this at the moment so well that was going to be my next question which was like what prompted you I've been thinking about this for a long time. When I stopped performing, I always thought that like I wasn't really done with it and that I would come back when I was ready. And over the last, you know, many years, the intervening years since, I've tried a variety of different things to kind of perform in a way or at least be connected to theater. Like right out of school, I worked at a theater, which made me realize I didn't want to work at a theater if I wasn't going to be on stage because it was like very difficult for me emotionally and also just like exhausting and working in nonprofit theater is... It's exhausting. It's exhausting. You have to really actually want to be doing that and I was just not happy about it. And when I was working in TV, I actually started writing theater reviews. I like to write and that's kind of performative as well in a way. And... I didn't want I felt like I didn't want to do that forever I stopped doing it when I moved back to New York a few years ago I took stand-up classes which was fun but also like really difficult with my anxiety (laughs) and then I took storytelling also fun and less anxiety inducing it was not quite what I wanted and this podcast is the closest I've come to finding a thing that feels like what I would like to be doing that's performative enough and not difficult but I also still just love singing and I miss doing that so I kind of wanted to see what would happen and maybe I'm going to go through this for five weeks and be like I'm I'm fine or maybe I just want to take this class every once in a while and that's all I'm going to do I couldn't deal with just wondering about it anymore really good the the not being able to deal with just wondering about it I would like more of that I've taken voice lessons for you know as long as I've been a singer but I only have been doing it consistently again for like two years, but still it's taken two years for me to decide that I'm able to sing in front of people again. Before we were turning on the mics, I was telling Nika the really fun thing that happened, which is a thing that had started to happen to me when I was in my 20s, which is the second I open my mouth, like all of my breath goes away and it's like I've never taken a voice lesson in my life and like the sound that comes out is just not, I'm sure it's fine, but it's not what I know I can do. And I just kept trying to be like, you're out of practice and that means you're out of practice and that's fine. (laughs) There's no stakes in this. You're not auditioning for something. Honestly, nobody cares. Everyone wants you to do well and wants you to feel good, but nobody cares about the actual (laughs) quality of what you're doing in this particular circumstance, which is, it's been, I've been wrestling with it for a few days. It was Thursday night, that class, and it's today is Sunday. So again, I'm trying to just be like, this is for fun. You're doing this for fun and it's going to be fine. (laughs) 
yeah, that's what's going on with me right now. That's good. Yeah. The unknown is always a little uh, dicey. It is. One of our very good friends happens to teach through this program. It's, uh, actor therapy is the name of the program, which I know it sounds like a therapy, which it's technically not. Like us, they're not actual trained therapists. Um, but a friend of ours teaches through them, and he happened to be one of the, the co-teachers for our first class, which actually made me feel much better because having a friendly face in the room is helpful for me. I feel the opposite. Yeah. I, I feel way more self-conscious when there's somebody that I know who is teaching I don't know why I feel that way. I don't know. There's something about it that's like way more nerve wracking to me because I guess I'm used to that person seeing me or experiencing me either like not in process. I guess that's what it is. It's like either as my regular human being self or like as a finished product in a show. You know what I mean? Yeah, that makes total sense. I struggle a lot with allowing for process still, either as a person or as a performer or as an ex, like just as anything, like the idea of going through something to just like then be better at it. I'd like to be a person who is more or less on top of their shit. And I think that, you know, a lot of that has to do with a whole host of reasons that I'm working out with a mental health professional on the reg. But the idea of letting anybody see me like a little in process makes me uncomfortable um and scared and like I will wear out someone's goodwill toward me which I understand is like a crock of shit and you're you just squinted your eyes so much at me saying that um that was a that was a a recognizing that okay. was me thinking about what I want to say about this. I was That was not a judgy face. Okay, good. I don't know. It's really scary for me to be like messy because I feel like the ways in which I would like to be more authentic or more in process. And I guess that's why it's like very important that that I talk about it a lot here, especially is because it makes me so uncomfortable and like maybe it is a test of other people's goodwill toward me but I lost my train of thought I think that and I don't totally understand this the the squinty face was me like thinking several things at the same time and trying to sort through them really quick so I could actually remember them because (laughs) that is the thing that kills me when we have these conversations that like my brain just runs in too many directions and I can't remember what I was trying to say pull some paper over I know (laughs) I was like I should take notes probably the thing that makes sense to me about this is that for somebody who like you said has only seen you either completely in a different context or as a finished performance product, I think you worry that they, or there's a worry that like the process will be seen as the product. And if it is not to a certain level, that that's a reflection on who you are as a person or the value you bring to the table as a person. Yeah. And depending on who the, hopefully they're a good friend. So that's like not going to be a thing. Uh, in this particular case, our friend, the uh, friend who's co-teaching our friend Peter, I went to college with him and camp. Like he's he's seen me in the whole process of my life since we were 14 as a performer. Sure. So it was of all people, it was very easy for me to be able to let him see me not in my best and also made me feel better because I know he's seen me seen me better. So he can say like, he, you know what I mean? Like yeah. that in that particular context made me feel better, but I hundred percent if it was a different person who had only known me at work or something like that that makes sense to me and I while it makes sense to me I also you know agree that it is 
not a thing that like nobody your friend is not judging your performance as like a piece of your your person no (laughs) but i get it i totally get it i don't know if it's like a halfway decent segue or if it's just the segue that i make when i look off to the corner and go oh look a segue but thinking about that also makes me think about like ambition you know the form that ambition takes and the ways in which we stop ourselves from going after what we want or being the person that we see ourselves to be and like what kind of a role ambition plays in that and like why it's a bad word sometimes a lot of the time and I don't know that's the that's what I've been thinking about lately I think about ambition and relevance and keeping myself forward facing when that is not necessarily my like safest place Mm -hmm. to be but at the same time I do want you know I wish I were a little more out there in the world than I am but I I just stifle so much of myself in order to feel like I am palatable not necessarily to other people but like palatable to myself and what it does is stops me from giving myself the room to want something and to not feel bad about wanting something yeah oh that's all that that's all that's just like really light light conversation topic but that's what I've been thinking about is like the nature of ambition and the stops and starts that makes sense to me for this class we kind of talk about like what you're looking to do in this five weeks and I basically said a version of what I said just now you know I really love singing and I I missed it and I kind of want to see what happens and that's all I said partly because I felt myself start to get emotional about it and I kind of just tamped down the real guts of it. Yes, that's true. I missed it. I wanted to see what happens. But really, it's that I feel deeply in my bones that I'm not done with this. And I have to see what happens. Like, I must see what happens. And just the idea of that, even now, it starts to make me emotional. And I don't really know why. It feels embarrassing in a weird way. Because I'm I don't know if it's because I'm 36 years old and I haven't done this for like 12 years or whatever, or if it's just the idea of wanting anything at any point in my life is weirdly embarrassing. Yeah, it's the idea that wanting anything is embarrassing. Wanting something super badly that doesn't seem like normal or like I don't the wanting of something doesn't seem normal or the thing you want isn't I don't know because the thing that I want is normal like it's it's I'm not actually sure but it feels abnormal to have that feeling I guess yeah yeah and that to articulate that feeling is like stepping off a cliff yeah I didn't want to be the first one to cry in class so I I stopped at the the short explanation somebody always has to be the first one to cry first one I don't want it to be the old lady Yeah, if I talk about wanting things, I don't know if I'm enough to back up wanting anything. There it is. That's what it is. That's the conversation. Yeah, I feel that. I definitely feel that. Like, do I deserve to want anything? Yes, is the answer to that. But but yes, I understand. (laughs) But it took me a minute to get to the question. I don't know where the slack would even be that I could cut myself. Like, I don't know where it is. It's so locked down. And it's hard to be the kind of person who can just like post a video of myself singing because I can't, I can barely listen to myself singing by myself. I feel like when other people do it, they 
can do it in a way where it doesn't seem grubby or like ambitious in a bad way. I mean, just the fact that they can do it at all. Mm-hmm. It's me hearing myself. The wanting of the stupid things makes me feel vapid. But it's not stupid is the thing. Is the, ind- is the individual thing like, does that feel stupid? Yes. Sure, it feels stupid. But, but what does it represent? The thing it represents does not feel is not stupid. Part of why these little things feel stupid because they aren't the important things. If that little thing weren't going to help the bigger thing, then you wouldn't care about it at all. You care about the big thing. <laughs> like I don't, I don't know, I don't know. And then, then, then people are like, I don't understand why this is the. Th-. And I'm like, I don't know what to tell you. Like, or well, have you done your own thing? And it's like, yeah, I've written two, written and performed two entire act by myself like yeah all of the, like i'm i've done the i'm not done the things but like yeah this is the this is what we meant with the you know what you should do um thing from a few episodes ago totally which uh which by the way is a slight tangent please going off of uh some conversations i had from people who listened to that episode i'm not totally sure our complete intent came through about that which is it's not that people get upset for just getting advice. It's the implication that they haven't done already the thing that you are suggesting that they do or that they haven't thought of it or that they're not working hard enough or that if they just listened to the thing that you said, then it would finally break through this extreme struggle that they've been having. Sure. That's what it really is. It's not that you're offering advice like the the sentiment of that is nice. It's the it's the writing off, right. and the writing off of of the work you are doing of the work you are doing or like the writing off of how hard it is. Even if you're doing all the things, right? It is still hard. It is still it hard. Still may not work. Yeah. And people who are not in it don't get it. And sometimes people who are in it don't get it. Also true. Also true. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that I feel like a shitty person for even complaining at all. And then a shittier person for wanting. I don't know what the roadblock is for wanting something and feeling. Feeling the permission from myself to want something. Well, it's about feeling deserving of it, I guess. I guess. Right. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. But. I have therapy tomorrow, so I'm going <laughs> to definitely bring that in. Good. I'm going to write that down. Because actually, he's, my therapist is always like, so, you know, what needs our attention today? And, and and then I spend like another 10 minutes, like literally having a breakdown that like I didn't think of things to talk about. And now I can't think of anything to talk about. And then it's white noise. And then I, and then it's, my brain is just, it does not stop. Another thing that I, I thought to talk about as a just sort of like callback to earlier episodes, my, I love my therapist and she's not on insurance and I will live with that and it is fine. Right. But I've been trying to find somebody to go through my medication stuff with because I haven't adjusted my medication or talked to anybody about it in a very long time. And I've started to feel like my anxiety is at a level that is not okay in a way that I'm not, I'm doing everything I can to control it. And it is like, I will, I'm curious to see if this is something that I should be addressing through medication. And combing through my health insurer's website, I've come across at least a dozen names that they say take my insurance and absolutely do not. I know it happens to everybody, but it's just, I'm so mad that it is still the case. Anyway, that's total tangent from what we were already talking no, about. No, I, I enjoy this tangent because it's, it's very real. It's very real. 
It's like $500 minimum just to go once. Right. And I, I and especially if I you make want to adjust, money, I can't do that. Right. And like, especially <laughs> if you want to adjust medication, because then you have to go once a month until, until and like right. the follow-up visits are 300 bucks. Yeah. And no. like, that's not, it's not sustainable. No. And there's been people who came up on my insurance website and then I went to their own practice websites and they say very clearly, I do not take insurance and these are what my fees are. That I do appreciate is most people have their fees on their website. So I don't have to go through the embarrassing thing of calling the office and then being like, just kidding. I can't afford you. Bye. <laughs> yeah. Huh. It's so anxiety inducing it's hard to get accurate reads on people in the mental health profession online versus other types of doctors because people are so much more reluctant to review them Mm. and i feel weird being like oh this person has no reviews but like also so what every person that i've been to for my mental health in the last 14 years has not been somebody that i found online reviewed it just happened to work out like reference from a person but the reference from a person thing is not working because of the insurance nonsense (laughs) Mm-hmm. Ah. I'm curious to he- see if anybody's got thoughts on like our conversation on ambition and wanting and deserving and sort of like how you handle that if that's something that you've been dealing with or just kind of what your reactions to that might be might be because uh, that's like a difficult one it's hard to talk about it's something that's even hard to talk about like with your good friends because yeah. it just is very personal in a way that like feels gross feels gross it feels gross yeah Hopefully we are all rooting for each other. Yes. Yes, very much. I think more so than people would believe. <laughs> Only slightly dead inside is Julianne Bilker and Nico Lanzaroni. Our theme song, Motown Mo Problems, was composed by Joel B. New and Robbie Roselle designed our logo. Find and follow us on all the social medias by searching Slightly Dead Pod and check our website, slightlydeadpod.com. We are there. If you are in crisis or feel like you might be a danger to yourself or someone else, turn this off and call the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline at 1-800-273-8255 or text the crisis text line at 741-741. Someone is always there to hear you and you are worth hearing. This is going to be such a pain in the ass to edit. Jesus Christ.